Hello, and welcome to another episode, episode two of From the Backseat. We're back because you love the first one so much, so we couldn't just leave it there. There's not a flash in the pan, you know, we're going to be here for at least this season, I'd say. <laughs> you know, here with me today, it's still Hugh, that's not going to change. <laughs> the lineup is going to be consistent, guys. It's going to be very, very consistent this season. <laughs> that, that's for sure. We may dabble in guests at some point, but you know, it's baby steps, you know. We got we gotta find our groove first. Absolutely. And we'd like to apologise as well for the audio problems last episode. Lessons have been learned. It's gonna be a lot better this time. <laughs> we say this now. Hopefully lessons have been learned, you know. <laughs> We're still I guess the final mix, yeah. The final mix will decide that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, everything's a work in progress. But the content is good and that's the main thing. Right. So, in today's episode, we're going to cover all of the Premier League games. Um, you know, we're going to have a chat about the big ones. We'll probably take up a lot of our time, but we're going to give our best shot to cover all of them and offer some thoughts, analysis, maybe some talking points just around the kind of clubs as well. Thinking about Man United in particular, because there's, there's a lot to unpack there, as always. Um, and then we're going to be doing a bonus pod um, later in the week where we're going to do a deep dive into Chelsea, what's going on there, their transfer dealings, um, and talk about Arsenal all or nothing. So, seeing as last time, we uh, we poo-pooed Arsenal right to the end. I think it's only fair that we give Hugh his moment and we go straight into Crystal Palace and Arsenal. So over to you, Hugh. What do you think about the game? Well, Jack, let's be clear. We're going to win the league. <laughs> we're going to win the league, you know? We look so good. <laughs> This is not a classic Arsenal fan going over the top, no, guys. No. It's, it's coming home. We're going to bring <laughs> it back. Um, but no, on a serious note, oh, it was amazing. How many times have Arsenal tripped over in the first game? Um, you know, people have poo-pooed Crystal Palace away. I think that's a very, very hard game, um, especially opening game of the season. So for us to come away with a 2-0 win, that was amazing. Amazing from the boys and... You know, it takes that pre-season positivity and optimism and it cranks it up a little bit more. Um, Definitely. I think that was important because, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that long ago where you got slapped 3-0 by them. So, writing some wrongs, pretty comprehensive, I thought. Um, I think there's only, one, there's only one real talking point that I can see. Saliba, a lot of hype. Three years in the making, you know. Worth the waste. Oh, how good was he? He was so good. <laughs> he was so good. He was damn good, um, I have to say. I mean, he, you'd hope so, but... Yeah. I mean, he's had three years away to think about how he's going <laughs> to perform in this first <laughs> Arsenal game. <laughs> um, but yeah, he smashed it. He, he's he's galvanised that back that back four. Yeah. I think, had he not been in the game, Wilf Zaha would have given Ben White a torrid, torrid time. More of a torrid time than he already gave Ben White a right back. Um he just he's just so calm. He just makes the right decisions. You know, he, he doesn't go for a slide unless he really needs to go for a slide. And if he does go for a slide, it's clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd agree with that. Uh, it's very much like, um, and this is me, here we go, Liverpool agenda. But similar to Virgil in that he doesn't, he, he's, not, he's not rash, you know. There's a calmness to him. He makes the challenges mm-hmm. he needs to, but he kind of lets the attackers make the first move or make the first mistake and then... He intercepts or he takes the ball. But it feels like he's always yeah. in control. Is what it's I'm like Virgil. At. As you say, he's got that recovery pace. Mm-hmm. So he almost shows the man the outside. And he's like, go on then, try and beat me down the line. And Wilf couldn't. And I think Wilf Zaha, 
is a terrible, terrible, terrible person to come up against in your first game. Well, yeah, um, and of course there's you know Eze, the whole the whole front line of Crystal Palace is just one blur of just pace and movement. So it's not the easiest debut, and I thought he was pretty immaculate. Yeah, I mean clean sheet. They probably could have scored. Let's be credit to Aston Villa. Had Ramsdale not done those two saves in the first, well, I think it's either side of the first half actually. Um, it would be a very different game, but it's the way it panned out. And you know, so many times in the last, God, I can't know, maybe the last ten years, we would have lost a game like that. We would have crumbled. Hundred percent. There, there were definitely periods of extreme pressure. I thought Ramsdale had an interesting game. I'm still convinced that over time he's going to do a full Jordan Pickford transformation. He's going to go from like <laughs> relegated shot stopper, saving everything, looking amazing, to sort of hothead, slightly wild, unpredictable goalie who, you yeah. know, has those sort of he's... 10 out of 10 and 2 out of 10 matches. Because he, he had some like pretty rash moments, some pretty dodgy moments, alongside great he... moments. He was pretty. He is pretty erratic. I don't think it. Yeah, I think that's just part of his game. He's got the goalkeeper gene where he's just a bit of a nutter. <laughs> um, but hey, he pulled off the saves when it counted, and that's all you can ask from your goalie. But yeah, I mean, I think it was his mistake initially that really brought Palace into the game. I think he did a loose pass, and then from then they got momentum. It got the crowd going. Exactly. Um, I think he was struggling a bit with corners as well. He wasn't as commanding as I've seen him. No, it was a couple of flaps in that, which was a bit worrying. Um, but hey, you know, you take the good with the bad. Ramsdale, what I like about Ramsdale, he's got the character. You know, he's not afraid to scream at that back four, which I think they do need. That is true. Um, and yeah, hopefully now there's a bit more leadership with Saliba as well. So it's looking promising, you know, whisper it quietly. I think so. The back line's looking so. pretty solid now, I'd say. Yes, and then, you know, when's, when's the last time we said that about Arsenal? I, I think... I honestly don't know. 15 years no. ago, maybe? Yeah, no, it was... It was a really, really good performance, and I'm so glad you know we kept that consistency of the team selection. It's the same team that we've been putting out preseason. So what we said, a loss next game, just just to yeah, bring of course, back to of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to lose at home at the Emirates, and it's all going to go to shit. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. That's um, it. Can't get too ahead of yourselves. Um, I really like the look of the the kind of front line: Jesus, Saka, Martinelli. So much energy, so much aggression. Like it, mm. it was good. I felt a bit bad for Smith Rowe because he's done absolutely nothing wrong. He's been unreal, but he's just he's not in the team, and I don't see no. him being a starter or a guaranteed starter at least. But yeah, I thought Jesus was pretty good. Jesus was excellent. I mean, he was unlucky not to get a goal. His obviously his um, his effectiveness did did fade as the game went on. Yeah, um, but you cannot underestimate the energy that he leads in that front line. No, exactly. The pressing was great. Um, so we haven't really haven't really seen from Arsenal. And it does make a big no. difference, you know. It helps out the yeah, whole team. it does. Well, it just brings everyone forward. You know, if he starts that press, then the rest of the team is pushing upfield. Um, exactly. Whereas with Laka, he would just have his back to the goal. He wasn't as mobile. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's crazy to think how he's kind of the catalyst for the, for the change in our team and in attack. Um, so yeah, it's really exciting times to be an Arsenal fan. Really exciting times. And yeah, I think it's going to be a fun season. Hopefully we get top four. I, I think, you know, hot takes, but... It's looking good so far. <laughs> you know, so far so good. Yeah. Um, there's one moment I really enjoyed, which was Odegaard's, where I think he was put through on goal. Oh, and instead yeah. of shooting, and this was honestly the most peak Arsenal moment of the game. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it because I was like, there's their ID. Like, that's their, that's their identity right there. Just decide to back heel it and try and heel chop it to a teammate <laughs> instead of shooting. Yeah, I mean, I was, I'll be honest, I was screaming at the TV <laughs> at that point. <laughs> It's like, Martin, just hit it with your right, Martin. 
for goodness sakes. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a worry. You know, he would be a complete player if he had a bit of confidence in shooting. Yeah, but he's he's peak Arsenal, mate. That's why he's the captain. He, is. he embodies he is. Arsenal. Why would you score yeah. when you could walk it in with a nice little heel shot? <laughs> but the pass wasn't on. No, <laughs> the, pass the pass wasn't on at all. <laughs> you know, like it was the bad option. He should have just smacked. Even if he put it into the stands, I would have I would have forgiven him more than trying to pass that opportunity. Yeah. Um, luckily, you know, luckily, yeah, yeah, exactly. Didn't matter. Didn't matter in the end. Yeah, we got lucky with that second goal. But also, I think Saka made a great choice there. There wasn't a lot on, so you just whack it really hard at like yeah. you know, a very awkward height for defenders who are running back on the ball. You know, that's that's a great decision from him. Yeah, I hope he gets an assist for that. I don't know how it works anymore. I hope he does. Say. I have no idea. I have no idea. It was very lucky, but it happens, you know. So yeah, it was lucky, but you know he made the best out of the situation. Otherwise, it would have been a dead situation, right? So hundred um, yeah. percent. Quick note on uh, Crystal Palace. I was talking about Edson, uh, Odson Edward. Sorry, excuse me, Odson. Um, <laughs> I had him in my fantasy football team last year, and he really pissed me off because he scored like I think he scored two goals in his first game, and he like he tricked me, he conned me into thinking he was going to score goals, and he's just been really underwhelming since then. I, I don't think he's really done anything, and I I foolishly thought he was going to be a good signing, and he was going to do stuff, but he was pretty There's... bad again. There's still time, but he did miss that that glorious one on one. I think he was he was guilty of a big miss that would have put him back in the game. Yeah. And also, you know, you signing us, you signing him. He's the kind of player that you'd expect to put away. You know, those kind of chances. Um, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? They come from Scotland. They have an amazing, you know, amazing stats coming from Scotland League, Scottish League. Sorry. And yeah, you just expect them to do really well, don't you? Well, yeah, because I think before we had the perception that players in Scotland couldn't come over and do well then you had all of them come over and do really well like Wanyama and Virgil and yeah. like Tierney and Robertson and so we we're just like oh they can transition and then yeah he was just maybe he just was just like a legacy buy you know everyone got carried maybe. away with the hype but actually he maybe he's a championship player I don't know but yeah oh, that's a hot take early on that <laughs> might be a hot take I don't know he doesn't score goals he doesn't seem to offer a lot Fort Mateta is a better option at least he, you know, gets around uh, a bit. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of energy from Edson. But then maybe, maybe it was down to Saliba. <laughs> That's possible, to be fair. That is possible. He doesn't yeah. play Saliba every week, but this week we'll give him a pass. He's not going back in my FPL team, though. That's for sure. No, I'd, change, I'd swap him out immediately. <laughs> swap him out immediately. <laughs> well, you still can. Yeah, I agree. Lovely. Um, right, let's move on. This I feel like this is the game that everyone enjoyed the most as a neutral. Oh, yeah. There's only one section of supporters, and they're a large group who didn't enjoy it. That's Brighton, Man United. There's so much to talk about with Man United. Oh. I always feel like I want to talk around Man United before we get into the actual match. Because, firstly, Arnautovic, what the fuck? Like, yeah. it's so random... Bizarre. And it Bizarre. seems like he's turned them down. Like, just to add insult to injury. Seems like no. he's turned them down and he's staying, yeah. Like, nine mil I rejected. Mean... And, yeah, oh, my God. I don't understand what's happening anymore. It's like, Igarlo <sighs> happened. I just don't understand. Yeah, he's another one of them, isn't he? He's a Falcao. He's a Cavani. He's a Igarlo. He's a... 
Why, who is coming up with these transfers? I have no idea. <laughs> what is going on? There are so many strikers who aren't basically retired, yet they leave it to the last minute and then just pay loads of money. So It's a really strange, strange, strange kind of transfer. I don't, I don't think anyone saw that coming. You know, what does an out- a 33-year-old Anatovic to lead the line for United? Mate, who, he's who done two years in China since leaving the Prem, you know? I thought it was a hoax at first, but it has been widely reported that there are some serious interests. <laughs> got a clue what's going on there. I really don't. I feel bad for Ten Hag because I, unless unless Ten Hag is asking for him, I can't see how he's going to be happy with the squad he ends up with in the summer because I don't feel like they're going to get anyone else. Like, yeah. actually, that's a lie. The other one, Rabio. Yeah, again, I've seen that. WTF. Like, yeah, it seems like a panic buy, doesn't it? It doesn't seem like much for... It looks like, you know, the the chief executives and the people running the club have watched that game on, on, on Saturday and thought, right, well, we need to spend some money. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We're like, what do we need? We need, I don't know, maybe a defensive midfielder. Rabio, he probably plays there. He definitely plays in the middle. Just get him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he hasn't been amazing at any of the clubs he's been at. You know? I think Rabio is someone who, if you watch him... In France, you probably know he's not that good and he comes with way too much baggage. It's the baggage. United do not need these problematic players to come in. Well, this is it. And they've, they've chosen to go for Rabiot, who is 100% going to be a bad fit. He's going to bring chaos to the dressing room because he's, he's just a yeah. nightmare. He's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, His yeah. mum's a nightmare. He's a nightmare. They're all nightmares. <laughs> Look, there's a reason he got dropped from the France national team. Exactly. And it wasn't to do with his footballing ability. And France, you know, I mean? you know so... France will tolerate a pretty bad dressing room. You know, <laughs> <laughs> their bar's yeah, very low. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's a big red flag. But I mean, is it just kind of symptomatic of what United are at the moment and what they've become? Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just panic but also, bars. you said something about Ten Hag feeling bad for him. I'm sure he's pushed for a lot of these signings himself. I mean, he does seem to be only buying players who he's ever worked with, which is I think that's just a red flag. Because um, yeah. sp- if, sorry, yeah, you go. I was going to say if you if you change Ten Hag into Harry Redknapp and buying Peter Crouch <laughs> and Nico Cranchar every club, <laughs> that's not a good look. But that's basically what he's doing. No, and it's big money as well. Mm-hmm. Like Martinez, as we discussed last week, just saying. Yeah. He struggled first half, and he looked completely overwhelmed by the intensity of Brighton. And also, let's give credit to Brighton. Let's talk about Brighton, because Brighton were fantastic, weren't they? They were, they were unbelievable. I didn't understand what their formation was, because you assume it's a 3-5-2, but it was basically, what, four, five attackers, basically? Because Trossard is not a wing-back, I don't believe. It was like a 2-5-3. Like yeah. Solly March and Trossard just like bombing down the wings each time exactly so um, they just totally overwhelmed them and yeah I mean the analysis yeah. of the match of the day said said most of it it was just watching the centre-backs just like crossing each other bumbling around I mean it's really embarrassing you think like you they're know, supposed to be coached yeah. and, and drilled and nothing's changed immediately I, the anxiety was there the, the, the yeah, panic was there I've, I was watching Harry Maguire and you know I'm going to be very fair to Harry because I do think he cops a bad time and I don't want to add to it but the guy needs to trust his teammates. Mm. The guy is running everywhere trying to cover for people. I don't know why. Why is he doing that? That's a, you know, that's like a good point, He's actually. leaving gaps everywhere. He's thinking he, he just needs to be everywhere at once. And it's like, how, you know, you've got to have faith. Otherwise, your position is all over the shop. Especially a team like Brighton, who 
triangles were everywhere. I don't know if you watched it. There's just triangles everywhere for them just to pass around. It was it was really, really quite eye-opening, to be honest, how far behind United look in the first game. That's a very um, interesting point, actually. I hadn't thought about Harry Maguire. Maybe it's the responsibility of being captain. He feels like he needs to step up and do everything. Well, I think taking into consideration last season and the amount of flack he's got, he's probably subconsciously at least just thinking, oh, I've got to step up, you know, I've, I've, I've got to show my worth. But he's over, he's, he's overdoing it, you know, like he's ruining the system. I'm sure, I'm sure Ten Hag's had some stern words with the team straight after that match because they were appalling. Yeah, I mean, it's not out of the question that at some point he might need to be benched for a bit because they have Varane, which is crazy. When what, three seasons ago we were saying Varane might be what, top three best centre backs in the world, and yeah. no one batted an eyelid, and now he's behind Harry Maguire and Martinez on the bench, and they're not even playing well. It's not like they're no. in form, you know. No, no, and like yeah, Martinez bit worrying. I mean, let's give him a chance. He needs to get up to speed with the Prem. But all of um, our concerns, yeah, they were they were vindicated early on. It's a different ball game in this league, and like the speed of, of the football matches this weekend were actually crazy. To be fair, yeah, like, the speed in which the English game is played out now is just ridiculous. You know, um, so yeah, it's going to take some time for him to bed in, and you know, starting him straight away. I don't know if that's the best idea. Um, maybe give him a couple of weeks to get up to speed. I think yeah, but I also again that's just an, again another symptom of where United are at. You know, they need results now. Yeah. The kind of juxtaposition in the sort of thinking. Because Brighton, everyone knows it. It's such a well-run club, like such joined-up thinking. Like, for example, they had, what? What's, how do you pronounce this? Salcedo? Calcedo? Caicedo. Caicedo. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm um, sure but... He didn't play loads last season. But since they've sold Pesuma, he's immediately stepped in. So they plan these things, you know, a year or two out, you know. Who's going yeah. to replace who, when they're going to sell them, how much, all of this. It's so joined up. Because Basuma should be a big miss. He was their best player. But, mm. you know, and, this and guy Cucurella. slipped in. Well, exactly. This is what I didn't even understand. Who was replacing Cucurella? And then I saw Trossard playing like <laughs> yeah, left wing back. And I was like, <laughs> I don't understand this. But it worked. I don't know if it's the long-term vision. I don't know who's supposed to deputise for him moving forward. But... No doubt mm. they've got a plan. So that's Well, that's this it. is it. I think we have to give credit to Tony Bloom and Paul Barber, the two guys that are kind of running the recruitment and the club at Brighton. Mm-hmm. Um, they know the value of their players. Because I think Tony Bloom is all kind of shrouded in secrecy, but he's got a business where um, I think it's like an analytics business across all sports to help people bet or make more informed decisions on betting. Well, that's very interesting. Yeah, and I think he uses that system to, you know, understand... Um, the value of his players that he's got, um, but also find the next up and coming people that will fit the system really well. He's a very shrewd owner, Tony Bloom, and you know what he's done with Brian since taking him over is phew, incredible. It's all you want from an owner: a sustainable club, yeah, um, that is making amazing football decisions year on year. Yeah, you say your two best players; they were the only two players that changed from when they beat United last year at the Amex four nil. The only two people that were missing from that lineup were Kukurella and Basuma because they were sold. And they've just been in the Old Trafford for the first time. I mean, it's just... Yeah, it was yeah. phenomenal. They they were excellent. Welbeck had a really good game. I mm. mean, one point I do want to make is, as good as Welbeck was, like, why do Brighton always have to have a striker who can't score goals? Like, at this point, <laughs> is it is it actually a game plan? Because it's not like they won't have realised this. You know, saying how well run yeah. they are. 
they surely are aware that strikers can also score goals. If, you know, they're not mutually exclusive, but I just find it a bit strange. But then again, it's working for them, so... What do we know, eh? Well, exactly. <laughs> maybe maybe such a player doesn't exist, you know? Maybe the system falls apart God, if you add if, goals. Imagine if they did have a goal-scoring striker, though. Yeah, but they would... maybe the link-up's all gone after that, you know? It's hard to say. Maybe, maybe, because it's true. They, I can't think of a, a bright striker that's been prolific. Maybe, maybe Neil Malpo was that been the most prolific attacker? I don't, I don't even know if he's still at the club. Actually, he's, he, he? yeah, he's still there. I don't. He's not prolific. I mean, he'll probably get ten in a season, which is which is what I mean though. Like, I think he is their most prolific, and if that's the level, it's it's pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah, but then maybe where they are in terms of the football food chain, there's just not players available because even. I mean, Man United don't have a striker who can do either. So I don't think there's a load of options. But you would bet on Brighton to uncover another gem. The only worry I have for them really is that we've seen, you know, similar clubs do this model, like Southampton previously, where they used to buy excellently. They're such a well-run club. And then Leicester kind of now, I would argue, but maybe this summer is the turning point. It can change Mm. quite quickly if you... Stop getting the right players in, then you can't sell them for a profit or you can't adi- adi- adequately replace them. It can quickly unravel. So that's that's the hard part for Brighton, is that if they Definitely. spend big on a Cucurella replacement, for example, and they don't work out, then that becomes an issue that they have to replace again. So it impacts other positions and budgets. So I just hope they can keep it up, but all signs are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the fact they've sold Basuma and Cucurella and still look a very good team and I say team in the sense that you know there's not one standout player it's just they play a system that it's just suiting them into the ground and they do it well I think the main issue with that is if, if, if Potter leaves which inevitably he will get poached by a bigger club I could see him at Tottenham for some reason I um, could see that the Conte leaves yeah. <laughs> if, if and when at what point yeah. could be Christmas then be... could be three years it's hard to say but yeah you know even when they brought Potter in you know, they, they got rid of Chris Hewton, who at the time was absolutely adored, and people were like, well, he's just, he's just kept you up. Why would you get rid of him? Mm-hmm. They brought Potter in, had a crap season, and now, you know, bearing the fruits of, of his labour. So I just think they make good decisions, but it can quickly unravel in football. You're not wrong. Yeah, not wrong. I mean, it sounds exactly like Southampton, you know. They uh, mm-hmm. brought in Pochettino, they got rid of Nigel Atkins, who was very popular. Um, brought in a slightly more progressive coach everyone was up in arms and then it all worked out but after that it started to unravel so mm-hmm. yeah you might be right post Potter could be a tough period for Brighton but until then it's going to be fun and I don't think they're going to have any issues you know staying in the Prem and, and kind of challenging oh, yeah. for the top half you'd expect them to be top half based on that performance but it's a long season and also are United, it's crazy to say it again, but are they even the bar these days to kind of assess how good another football team is? Because United are just in pieces. And it's, yeah, I just... You know what it is? As an Arsenal fan, I can really empathise because after we moved to the Emirates about 2010-2011, we fell off our perch, mm. you know? And it is hard. A couple of seasons, you're in denial, but eventually you realise we're just not as good as we used to be. I would imagine there's no denial anymore because it's been quite... Last season, yeah. it felt like a new low, you know. I mean, yeah, last season was just a, an abomination for United. But I just thought, like, we'd see more of what Ten Hag's been doing with the squad. <laughs> yeah, same. It, it was, I mean, yeah, it was identical, wasn't it? It was just continuation of last season. Yeah. No change. 
I mean, Christian no. Eriksen as a false nine was just horrible. Like, mm. that's on him. That specifically is on him as a, as a tactical decision. I don't think Eriksen's ever played there. I don't see why you would do that. I mean, no. if they don't have a striker and he's making a point, fair enough. But that... It seems odd on your first ever game at home it, to try and make yeah. that point, though, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, you, you would never do something like that even on, like, FIFA, for example, you know? You would never <laughs> just shove a midfielder up top for no reason. And this no. is, like, a professional manager on hundreds of thousands a week, and he's just had that brain fart. Makes no sense to me. No, it's it's strange. The transfer dealings are strange. It just it just smacks of scattergun. No idea what they're really doing. It just it just sounds like United, to be honest. Yeah, I don't even know how you fix it. There's so much to fix. It needs a very very strong character to come in and make some big decisions. And I just don't think I think there's a lot of yes men in that in that building still. Um, well, look, Ragnick said it all last season. Like, he didn't say it so, but he was very direct with the public about what he feels about the squad. And I reckon mm. if it was up to Ralph, he would have moved out at least half that squad. And I think they do need to do what Arsenal did, where they paid off Ozil, paid off Aubameyang, um, you know, didn't renew Lacquer. You've got to make some hard decisions, short-term pain, but if there's problematic people within that squad, it needs to go. So do you think they should just release Ronaldo? Oh, pay him God, off? Yeah. I don't think they should pay him off, but <laughs> I don't. You know, I don't think they have a choice. I don't think Ronaldo's going to go without his his cash. I'd like to think Ronaldo's enough of a professional that he'll stick out another year and do his best, but I don't see him being like the personality you need to kind of rejuvenate that squad's morale. No, I'd agree with that. Yeah. This oh, this so, I mean, I would have said like Rashford is the kind of player, but he looks absolutely shot of confidence. He looks like he needs yeah. a change, arguably. Yeah. Yeah, Rashi needs to leave for, for, for the good of his career. Sancho was not, not there, not the same level. Sancho. He looks tired already. They all just look jaded and tired. They look like, you know, like when people go into politics and they take a picture four hour, four, like four years later and they look so much greyer and drained from the experience. That's what they all look like. Like David Moyes, pre and oh, post yeah. United. They look like they've all they aged about me. 10 years, which is pretty bad. I mean, Sancho as well. I hadn't even thought about Jaden. That is a worry. You know, like, he was electric by uh, Borussia Dortmund. And I used to love watching his clips. Like, he played like an English player who's never played before. Mm-hmm. And now he looks scared. Yeah, he looks, that's exactly he it. He looks scared to take his man on. The arrogance just, is gone. He's not taking people on, exactly. He'll just take the easy pass back to keep possession. Yeah. And he was meant to be like the maverick that could galvanise the attack. And it's, it just hasn't worked out that way. But... You know, before we moved to United, it was like nailed on. This guy's a superstar. It's just mm-hmm. a question of where he goes next. So, yeah, it's a lesson, isn't it? Don't go to United. Not at the moment, anyway. I think they mm. should, yeah, double down on sort of youth development. Maybe I, I honestly don't know. You know what? It's not my problem. No, we'll save it. We'll, we'll, let's not trash them too much. Let's just wait and see. There's going to be plenty more opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness me. Lovely. Okay, I reckon that's a good time to have a little break. Um, We'll be right back for part two. And we're back from actually a real break that time. That was actually very nice to actually have a break. You see, sometimes we do this professionally. Um... (laughs) Okay, we've still got a load of games to cover and we are determined to cover all of them because we want to give everyone, um, you know, representation and exposure on this podcast. 
whether we achieve that every week is debatable, but certainly for this pod, we're going to give everyone some proper thoughts and analysis. So buckle exactly. up, we've got four hours of pod left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I better get another coffee on, goodness me. <laughs> right, let's get on to uh, West Ham versus Manchester City. Ooh, good game. I thought, nice game, pretty comfortable for City. Um, pretty? Well, yeah, I feel like sometimes there are good times to play certain teams and... West Ham will definitely get better as the season goes on. Like, they didn't start Skamaka. I feel like they just weren't confident they no, were going to get anything out of it, you know? Yeah. They were resigned to it. Antonio got an injury that meant he had to be pushed out to the left for some reason. He didn't mm-hmm. go off early in the game, and that just disrupted them. They just had no threat after that. Yeah, I'd agree um, with that. I think, unfortunately, this could be a recurring theme this season in that Teams are going to rock up to play City, home or away, and they're going to be defeated already in the dressing room. Um, well, did you see what they did? Well, what City did with their fullbacks? It was pretty cool, actually. It was damn cool. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that I'm a tactical uh, genius, but at least four years ago, when I was having quite a few beers, I said the next evolution is inverted fullbacks because we're just inverting everything. I think everything. I remember you saying that. Actually. Right? I think I do remember you saying that. This is that wasn't BS, guys. That is. He did say that at some point in a pub somewhere. Mm-hmm. Fact. Whether it had any yeah. merits, I don't know. But this is it. Me and Pep, No, mate. if you look... You should see their heat map. So Cancelo and Kyle Walker are essentially central midfielders that game. It was crazy. Yeah, because I remember but they it, did this bit last season with Cancelo. He was kind of like a, a playmaker. But, yeah, never both of them as far as I can remember. No. No, I mean, Kyle Walker's evolved. He's evolved. Pep's changed him. He was just a speed merchant when he joined. But now... He might be one of the most complete fullbacks in the country. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty crazy. That in itself is quite an achievement because yeah, he was always a little bit rash and arguably a bit stupid sometimes. He had a brain fart in him, didn't he? <laughs> he had a brain fart, but that's been ironed out for sure. Um, but yeah, it was really cool to watch it, wasn't it? They were just sitting in that kind of central. It was almost like a two-three, no, two-five-three. Yeah, um, it was the next level of kind of domination. Because, yeah. like we were saying last week, Liverpool and City tend to sit with three at the back when they have possession. But they didn't even play with that. Like, No, it was just cool. They just left the two, yeah. The system works so well, though. It just meant that West Ham's midfield didn't know who to pick up. Yeah. They <laughs> suddenly, you've got two more bodies in the field, and you're like, well, who do I cover? Well, this is it. Um, it was quite a, quite a novel approach, because we're very used to having kind of overlaps on the outside or overloads on the outside. Mm. You know, that's pretty clear. Saw that in the women's Euros. That's how Germany scored. Um, we had the overlapping centre backs from um, Sheffield United oh, a couple wilder. of years ago, which was yeah, yeah, it was world revolutionary. Yeah, um, <laughs> nice. nice, nice. <laughs> but yeah, this, this is this is something new, something different. An overload in the middle from the fullbacks. So like, I don't know how you counter it. To me, it seems that Mo would have a good time there, and other pacey wingers. But maybe they don't get a chance to because they're so suffocated in the middle. Yeah, it just it just meant there was like openings to play through the middle because it just meant that Suchek and Rice just didn't know whether to come forward to cover or just go back into the low block. It was just it was a nightmare for them. And I think City had like eighty percent possession in the first half, which is yeah. like outrageously. Is that it? Is that it done already? I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, if they could perfected this system, the rest of the Premier League's in trouble because West Ham had no idea what to do, and I wouldn't know what to do because it's like. I've never seen this before. Like, well, this is it. This? this is what we're talking about. You know, people get so hung up on formations and like, oh, you man mock him, you man mock him. Mm. Maybe Bielsa 
Maybe Elsa would add an answer. Because they Maybe would have always the been bad marking. They probably would have got obliterated 8-0. But for 15 minutes, <laughs> they would have had an answer. <laughs> Bring Marcelo back. Yeah, release him. I don't even know where he is now. No, he's probably just enjoying a bit of retirement, to be fair. What a stressful couple of years he had, eh? Yeah, for real. There was a bone I had to pick with one of City's players, actually. That really, really, really frustrated me when it shouldn't have, which is... Cancelo taking the number seven shirt. I saw that. I didn't. I I couldn't work out who the hell that was. Neither I could was I. Like, I was like, no. who is this man? <laughs> it's just my brain doesn't compute him at left back being a number seven. It just it just didn't look right. But this so. is it. This is what we're saying. He's not a left back. He's yeah. he's now solidifying it. His new brand. He is one of those weird players where. Yeah, you wouldn't call him a left back. He obviously plays left back, but he's not a left back. No. He's he's Pep's dream. He's like <laughs> he's like the ultimate player. He's like Pep's James Milner, Mark IV. Yeah, it's like know? Pep made like a, a player in a test tube and just you yeah. know, like power puff girl it and just Exactly. He was like where do you want to play? Everywhere. Good. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> Because he does, he pops no. up on like the left wing quite a lot, and he's like spraying his so cross good. field balls. He's so good. I know, and he can dribble as well. They officially don't well. need a left back. Why even bother? You know. No, no. I don't know why we doubted them. They look solid. So... And we haven't even got onto Big Erling, who oh, came good this game. Oh god, Harling, Harland times the Bruyne makes me feel bad as a Liverpool oh, fan. It's a cheat code. It shouldn't be allowed. No, I agree. I mean. You play a high line, you get done. You play a low block, you get done. I feel like everyone's just going to get done. Well, like this, it's funny actually because City are still trying to play around the sides. They mm-hmm. haven't quite got used to him just running through the middle yet. <laughs> but the two, both goals came from him just making a run through the middle. He's scary when he gets going as well. I did not did enjoy you, it. Did you see how fast he was? Yeah. Like, from the, from the initial sprint. I would have loved to hell. see a uh, like a stat on exactly how much speed and some comparisons with other similar players because. It looked like he was moving. You know, like Usain Bolt was very tall. So it didn't look like yeah. he was running as fast as he was. That might be the it same the for Haaland. Strides. It was the strides. I mean, that second goal, he just left that man. Left him there. He's freakishly big and fast. Yeah. Oh, and that finish as well. Oh, it was just... I, I cannot believe... Ominous. He almost got a hat-trick again for the third debut in a row. He could have as well. Yeah. He, could, he should have put that chance away of his head. The fact that he was annoyed that he didn't get a hat-trick does not bode well. This is where, truly, we need someone to step up. I'm looking at you, Pickford. I've seen you do it before. <laughs> we need someone to just bring a bit of competition, yeah. you know, to the prim. We need to clatter him. Because this guy's a cheat code. Yeah, he is, he is. And When he got through on goal as well, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to put this away. No, like, just set himself, finish, didn't scary. take any touches. Just Open the body, yep. poop, and the sound it made when it hit the net. Oh, it was a really nice sound. It was yeah. just clean. He's a dangerous man, unfortunately. I mean, he won the penalty. Penalty was a bit rash. Feel like new goalie. Not totally in tune with yeah, the game. Yeah, Didn't need also, to make it. You know, he's going I nowhere. I don't think anyone expected Haaland to get that second touch around the goalie. Because no. no one expected him to be that fast. Like, I was watching it like, oh, he's not making that. Next thing you know, he's just tripped him over. So Yeah, good penalty as well. That would be another Great, thing. If Man City have found a penalty taker, because... They are a bit yeah. rubbish at penalties. That's the, that... A bit. <laughs> so, yeah, if they've now got somebody who can score pens as well, it's looking very bad. Yeah, and the, this is the thing. is I don't think they've quite synced up in the sense that, like, they haven't quite... You think there's more to come? 
I think there's more to come. Yeah, exactly. I think they've still got a bit of time to figure out everyone's, you know, how how they each play to each other. They're still getting used to each other. So once they do, oh, I think City are the team to beat yet again, unfortunately. This podcast is going to be, we're just going to have to record certain sections and just repeat it for the City bit, you know? Yeah. Both... Did you see his direct <laughs> run through the middle? <laughs> exactly. We can trial it, you know? Just yeah. uh, kind of autofill. Yeah, we'll just have to think, yeah, we'll just get clips from previous podcasts. It'll probably be a copy and paste job. Yeah. We're gonna have to read the thesaurus, you know, get like more more adjectives for how good they are. Yeah, it's it's scary. It's scary. But hey, it's still early. You know, yeah. West Ham might be terrible this season as well. You just don't know the these early games. Yeah, this is true. But yeah, one game in, hot take, as a Liverpool fan, I'm concerned. <laughs> that is not a hot take. I think the rest of the league is thinking the same, mate. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of Liverpool, I guess, you know, I tried to push this down the order so we'd run out of momentum a bit because uh, it wasn't my favourite game of the weekend, shall we say. Oh, I was laughing so much, so much about this <laughs> Liverpool game. You were supremely confident, whereas I wasn't. And it's just, yeah, it was a weird game. You guys looked like you just turned up for an easy ride. I think, really. I think we honestly just thought we were going to win. And yeah. we, didn't, we didn't earn it. No, I mean, they outplayed you. They outplayed they us. you at your own yeah. game as well. They That's did. the worrying thing. They pressed the shit out of us. I mean, considering they've got an absolute lump up front and they still press the shit out of us, it's not good because he should yeah. be relatively e- easy to get around, you know. I don't know what that man's eating this season, but his third season back in the Prem, I'll tell you what. He's, he's ready. Looking. Do you know what he's it ready. is, mate? It's he's the ready. Saliba effect. Three seasons away, <laughs> the third one or the fourth one, he's ready now. Honestly, he, I've never seen Van Dyke struggle so much against a centre forward. He he honestly bullied us. I mean, I know. it may be that this is his best performance of the entire season, but it could be very. What a performance! Though. He was he was he was yeah unplayable at times, which is super annoying because I have a theory that there are you know there are good times to play sides like that was a good time to play West Ham. I reckon I think they'll get better and they'll introduce some new players. I feel like this was a bad time to play Fulham because they just come up after a record-breaking season. They're on a high. They haven't been humbled by the Premier League yet, you know. Morale mm. is super high. We're a bit tired. This was a bad time to play Fulham and it showed because they were better than us. Mate, whatever helps you sleep at night, mate. Whatever helps you sleep at night. <laughs> Conspiracy, mate. These fixtures. <laughs> <laughs> Who's creating them? Uh, I mean... Yeah, I wouldn't even say it's a good time to play them though, because apparently they're still trying. They're pretty low on centre backs, but I suppose it didn't really matter, did it? That I can't believe it. Tim Ream, mate. Tim, Tim Ream, <laughs> still there. How did we not thought... win? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it wasn't even like you were unlucky. You were lucky to get a draw, in all honesty. Yeah, I agree. Even though we hit the bar goes. twice, it felt like they they could sucker punch us at any point. Mm. I thought. It was a very even game. Again, it was such a fast-paced game. Like, yeah, they were all over you. And I'm a bit, I'm a bit concerned for like Trent just got bullied. What like we know this about Trent. Trent had Trent had a pretty game. bad game. He gave away possession a lot, which is, you know, he tries things, and I, I I understand that you will lose the ball when you try things, but a lot of them are pretty simple passes. Both of the Fulham mm. goals were just, just mistakes basically. Especially the second one, like Massive just gave the ball straight to Fulham. Van Dijk mm. then just took him out. It's, it was just bad. Yeah. It was just bad. That was funny with Van Dyke, wasn't it, giving away the penalty? He had that look on his face like, me? I've given the penalty away. Like, me? Just couldn't quite I get it in his head. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, he was like, I can't believe this. 
Yeah. It was really, really quite interesting. Something uh, tells yeah, me most... we're going to be very riled up after this game. We may have needed that. Bit of a worry, though. Thiago went off a hamstring, to be expected. But your midfield's looking very, very shallow now, my friend. It's not looking great, is it? Like, there was a stat that we had, I think, six 30-year-olds in our starting lineup, The oldest of the mm. Prem. That's not good. That's a concern. Cater. I I don't really like Cater. You know, you're going to hear this a lot this season, everyone. <laughs> Having to wait a whole year to see him when you bought him. I mean, you could relate to this, Hugh, but it wasn't a loan. We just <laughs> bought him, but we didn't get him for a year. You know? Yeah. And then have him come and then be injured every three games for two years. And it just be sometimes eight out of ten, but mostly like four out of ten. He seems to be playing on a different team when he plays, I always think. Like he passes to no one a lot more than he should. And yeah, if he's now our starter, I'm not happy with that. I'd much rather see Elliot just go straight in. Mm. Well, it's interesting. He looked a lot more dangerous once Elliot came on the pitch. Yeah, could be a breakout season for him because last season he was starting ahead of Hendo and he looked really good before his ankle mm. was broken. So, mm. you know, there are options, but to be this short of creativity and looking at 19-year-old Harvey Elliott is not ideal. It's a lot of pressure. And again, this is what I said last year. This, last year? My goodness, last week. Um my main concern was Liverpool played to so many games compared to yeah, other teams. Yeah, I chose to ignore that, but he might be on something there. I just think they're going to be a bit fatigued. And now that we've got this bloody World Cup in the middle of the season, it's, I just think it's critical. I don't know, I think some new blood would just help rejuvenate the team, especially in the middle. Yeah, but the middle is where we're looking a little low on energy. We've got three over 30s. We've got the Ox, who's injured. Cater, who I don't really rate. And then the two Curtis youngsters. Curtis Jones is out. Yeah, Curtis Jones is even out at the moment as well. Yeah, maybe Carvalho can bring into that mix as well. But it feels like it's almost missing someone of a good age profile, like 23, 24, to kind of be part of the new generation. We've got over 30s and teenagers and the Ox just sat in the middle with Cater. Neither of them mm. are, you know, we're not going to build around either of them, are we? No, no. I, I mean, Bellingham, surely it's got to be Jude. I like, mean, that's definitely the dream, but if we have to wait a year and have a oh, yeah, I mean, it's slightly worse season... I think that's so the thing, in. is that they, they're they very confident about getting Jude next year. So to get another midfielder just for a season doesn't really make sense to them. Mm. I'd agree but with that. Milner, no mate. Milner's going to have to roll back the years yet again. I mean, he, he looked good. He looks good. You know, Milner always gives you a 7 out of 10. Um, Looks good with a beard as well. I liked his yes, beard. He did, didn't he? He did. He's finally grown up, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, interesting. It'd be. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool got to come out of the blocks next game. Who have you got next? Do you know? I think it's Palace. Palace. Not yeah. ideal. Not ideal, but at Anfield, you'd expect Liverpool to wipe the floor. Oh, yeah, arguably. There's not many games I look at in the Prem and go, that's ideal. Norwich are gone, and that was the only one where I was feeling like, <laughs> yeah, that's an ideal game, that. Well, it was Fulham until obviously the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only goes downhill from here. <laughs> uh, I think it is going to be a tough season. I think it's it's the first week. I don't want to get hyperbole all about it, but it does feel very competitive from top to bottom now, doesn't it? It really does. It does. Mm. Um, ending on a high note for Liverpool. Diaz looks good. Nunes scored a hill chop after attempting a hill chop finish, which was pretty yes. cool. Salah Pretty, looked good. Yeah. So yeah. I think there's something in this front line that's been rejuvenated. It's looking like it clicks and it makes sense. And I think that 
could be real good moving forward, especially as they kind of get used to each other. I think that we don't need to worry about. We're going to score a lot of goals. It's just the mm. energy in the middle that could be a bit of an issue. And maybe complacency in defence as well. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of an issue. But yeah, Nunes looked, looked great. I and mean, yeah, as you say, I thought it was really interesting. Went for the chop. Okay, didn't come off. Same position, went for it again. Yeah, It was a great finish, actually. It was. I feel like we're, we're going to look back on this because it, it could be a goal above contender early on because it was pretty mental when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, he's just kind of like scooped it over the goalie. Um, yeah, it was a very cool goal. And he's just, you know, twice he made that near, near, near post run, which again, Bobby Firmino just doesn't do. Well, so. this is it. I think at this point we need, to, we need to just bring him in for the next game now because we look, oh, yeah. we look miles better when he plays. Definitely, Firmino, definitely. Maybe Firmino can play a kind of attacking midfield role, but I think the era of Firmino as a full Snyder is, is truly at an end now. I think so. And we love Bobby, but... R.O.P. No, everyone has their day in the sun. So. Yeah. It, Italy is calling, I would say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Juventus. I can see him at Juventus so badly. Yeah, me too. Right, I think that's enough doom and gloom. Let's move on to... <laughs> let's move on to a different topic. <laughs> Tottenham Southampton. I think this was probably the best game of the uh, of the weekend. You know, non biasy aside, I thought Tottenham were really dom- dominant. No, Tottenham. I mean it's tough for you to watch, but yeah. mm. I'm going to give you my only hot take of the week straight off the bat, and this is for Tottenham. Right. No new signings in the team. Maybe are we falling in the trap of seeing a lot of new signings as we always do? Alice Spurs after Bale Liverpool and thinking this is good because do any of their signings actually improve the starting eleven? really I'm not counting Kulisewski as a new signing because he was already there but he could be yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. accept that one but overall yeah. they did start any they looked damn good without them like Sessegnon looked really good have they mm. maybe just pumped up the squad and we're falling into the trap again of thinking numbers equals quality there is there is some there's an element of truth to that, I think. But you can never say no to very good squad depth, especially when they're doing the champ out this year. So, yeah, they look really good. It's really annoying, isn't it? They mm-hmm. looked really good. Um, Kulisevsky pulling the strings out there. Goodness me. This guy is so good. He doesn't He's look like he should so be this good. good. Do you know what I mean? I think that's probably gone like against him. There's an awkwardness to around. him. But... It's quite graceful, though, isn't it? He's... Do you know what it's like? It's a bit like Berbatov. Robert Perez. Ah, we went, yeah, we went a very different way there, but yeah. Uh, they're kind of like... They look, they look fast, but it's just... They're effective. Mm. You know, like, their ball control is next level, and his crosses... I hope he doesn't keep up that consistency throughout the season, because it's going to be a problem. Me but neither. He was killing it on the right wing, wasn't he? I mean, you know, one game in, feeling pretty uh, hot takey right now. I mean, he's he's getting close to being like, you know, top bracket of forwards in the league. If he keeps this up in this form, then he's he's definitely there, I would say. Or like oh, it, below, definitely. maybe a little below, but he's he's probably the best signing of 2022, including Jad and Summer so far. Since he signed on loan in January... I saw some stats. I think he's had 15 goal involvements. Either nine assists and six goals. Yeah, so add another 10 that's for a whole season. That is ins- scary numbers. That's insane. Insane numbers. And this is not a team that struggles with assists and goals, so... No, when you've got Harry Kane up front, you know... Yeah, and Son, arguably, you know, the most informed player for the back end of last season. Yeah. No, they've got... Yeah, I'm scared. But then also, there's something to be said, like... I'm really worried about Southampton this season. They had an awful end to last season and 
I just don't think they've improved that much over the summer. No, I'd agree with that. I think I don't. I don't know any of their signings. I'm not familiar with any of them. They seem to have spent what maybe fifty, sixty million on them, and mm. I can't say definitively if any of them will make an impact. I don't think most of them have got any pro experience really. Sort of talented youngsters, from what I can tell. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I feel like Hassan Hart was at his day, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like they could have done with having Ben Me. Surely that kind of signing would have made a lot of sense, or people like that. So yeah, I don't know, man. They look pretty bad. I think mm. they might be going down this season. I think they're going to be in for a fight. I really do. And this is just what we're talking about, Brighton. You know, this is the end of that cycle. They came up. They had a model. It worked, yeah. and then it's slowly fallen apart. I wonder what happened there. Because they really did have a model at one point where you're thinking, bloody hell, they sign up. They, they were our feeder club. They were just ripping us off every summer. I know. I know. I mean, isn't it the same leadership? I could be wrong. I don't know for sure. I think it's, I'm sure it's, still I think it's all owners. changed now. I think it's even different owners oh, now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that makes some sense. So, yeah, it's, this is it. This is the risk, like, that could happen to Brian Potter, could get poached. Dan Ashworth, is he still there? No, he moved, didn't he? He got oh, poached. It's already happening. Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot of change. Yeah, so yeah, but yeah, back to it. I do worry about Southampton. I really think that they're going to be down there this season if they don't pick it up. Me too. Salisu, that own goal was comical. Now, for listeners, me and Hugh play FIFA sometimes. It's quite competitive. And for those of you who aren't familiar with FIFA, you can get informed versions of players. So, I needed I needed a defender. I didn't have a lot of cash, but I saw Salisu, 86. And I'll be honest, he was an absolute Rolls-Royce of a FIFA player. Mr. Rolls-Royce is what we called him. But this was not Mr. Rolls-Royce at all. This Ooh, was, this like, this was yeah, a shocker. This. <laughs> yeah, for real. This was bad. I don't understand it. Is he left-footed? Is he right-footed? He Shouldn't is matter. left-footed. He just should have left. I don't know what he was thinking. It's, it just looks really bad. Like, someone goals can be like, okay, well, fair enough. Like, you know, there's not a lot you could have done. Yeah. I really couldn't give him the benefit of the doubt there. No, just like, no. He had time, really, there was no pressure. He tried to do something really weird. He tried to take it on his left foot, and I don't know like why he's done outside that. outside of the boot clearance, maybe? Yeah, but, oh, dude, not at that point. That was like 2-1 or 3-1, wasn't it? Like, it was no. A, it was a big goal. And he's supposed to be the good centre-back, I would argue. Because yeah. there's, what, Bednarek and Jan Valery. Yeah. I mean, they are they are pretty bad at players, I'd say. They're... Yeah. they're Maybe not even Prem players, potentially. This is it. I, you look at that squad, and now that Liveramento's out of the defence, for example, James Ward-Prowse is definitely a Prem player. But beyond yes. him... Yeah, well, this is it. I, I, I feel like with different players, they have different sort of careers. And James Ward-Prowse, I feel like he's better than his career so far, if you know what I mean. Oh, definitely. Def- he's got a loyalty to Southampton, which you can't knock, but... You do wonder. He'd fit into, Mar- into Arsenal's midfield. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. He would drastically improve Man United's midfield. He, oh, my goodness. He was fitting yeah. well at Tottenham, I would Chelsea. say. Chelsea. Could see him at Chelsea. Arguably. I mean, right now, mm-hmm. Liverpool could do with him, arguably. <laughs> Liverpool could really do with James. So, uh, I think if they go he... down, he's going straight to the top, but they would be so fucked without him. Oh, no. It's just a bit late for him, though. He's like 28, 29, isn't he? It's just... Mm. It's a shame. It's a shame. I can see him going to Newcastle if they go down. I can see that money. for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Defo. it's just one of those players that hasn't hasn't quite made the right decisions at the right times. You know, similar to Zaha. You know, made the wrong decision early on and just never recovered. I 
feel bad for Zaha. Same. If we'd got Zaha instead of Nicolas Pepe, oh, God. Well, yeah. Still, still regret that to this day. That's actually hilarious. Just got seduced, mate, by the numbers. Yeah, lessons learned, lessons mm-hmm. learned, lessons learned. Oh, well. I'm sure Arsenal will learn a lesson. Right, I think that's another good point to have a break. Uh, we'll be back and we'll be talking about more bloody football. And we're back. Part three. Right. This is this is going to be the quick fire section. Um, we're still giving everyone a fair crack, but some clubs are in less crisis and there's less to talk about. I think that's fair to say. Or you just had a really boring game. Looking at you, Everton Chelsea. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to Leicester Brentford. Quick question for you, Hugh. Why haven't Leicester signed anyone? And what happens with Tielemans? It's a weird one. Where's the money gone? You know, they came eighth last season. I don't. West Ham spent a lot of money this summer. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I don't know what's going on with Leicester. You know the, the the information coming out of them is they need to sell before they can buy. I don't understand that because it's not like they haven't made an absolute fortune in the last few years selling players. I mean they got what 130 mil for Chilwell yeah. and Harry Maguire, and they replaced them for nothing basically. Yeah, yeah. It just seems odd, you know. Unless they've done a lot of like infrastructure spend I can only think but I haven't seen anything about it it seems like there's more going on behind the scenes this yeah. is where an all or nothing on Leicester would be perfect because there's something going on here I don't know what it is but yeah. something's wrong I mean the owners have always been so committed I'm wondering if like post pandemic they're trying to recoup some of the losses they've made could be that's not a bad idea I don't, I don't know. know it's a weird one I mean if they sell Fofana and Tielemans and Madison, Don't, potentially. And Madison. They haven't given themselves a lot of time to to kind of get new players in and incorporate them into the squad either. They, so, they might be entering the second phase now, you know, of clubs outperforming. And now they start to buy badly or not as well. They might be about to get stripped of their assets real well, quick. Let's face it, Vardy's, what, 34 this season? He hasn't got many years left at the top. Massive player for them. Let's we, can't, say we, can't, we can't say that. We don't know if Vardy. He's unnatural. It's true. The guy runs on Skittles and Red Bull. Who knows? <laughs> he could go till he's 43. He's actually fueled on banter and vodka. Surely the, the, the decline is coming at some point. Yeah. You think so? Surely. Yeah, play a bit on pace. But yeah, who knows with him. But anyway, Tielemans, he's a big player for Leicester. Surprisingly he has been for the last quiet. Two I mean, again, Liverpool need a midfielder. Could do a lot worse than Tielemans right now. I always put him up there as one of the better Premier League midfielders. But the, yeah, like you say, the lack of interest is a bit kind of, all. But there was a lack of interest on. when they bought him as well, which I thought was strange. Because he was always yeah. a wonder kid on all games and general football gossip. Yeah, clubs. long touted to be this yeah, beast in midfield. I mean, he's been good though. Yeah, he's a good player. It's just, yep. he's obviously not as good as what we think he's, he is because no one else wants him. <laughs> Mate, we fell into that that um, William Carvalho propaganda machine again. Yeah, yeah. But I still think he'll be a big loss if he goes. Madison, you know, of course it'll be a big loss if he goes. Mm-hmm. Said best player at this point, Madison, by far. Yeah, yeah. but I wouldn't blame him if he wanted to go to Newcastle. He'd probably feel like Newcastle's a project on the arc. Well, this yeah. is it. They're almost comparable right now in terms of where they are, but one's going down and one's going up, so... Yeah, well, I mean, one's backed by a bloody nation, so... yeah. 
can't really compete with that. So yeah, it's it's. I'd be worried if I was a Leicester fan right now. They've still got time, but you know, if they really can't buy anyone until they have to sell anyone, then you're not really improving yourself, like from a position of strength, are you? No, well, this is it. It was always going to be quite transitory. Like they're always having to replace parts. It's kind of hard to grow over time, and mm. if they're constantly having to sell, yeah, it's going to just be a survival game as usual. You know, just to keep the money coming in. Brendan mm. is in big danger. You know, we I talked about so. it last week. I think so. He's he's going to be up there in terms of the odds, I reckon. And it's just that that case of do we do? Would you trust him to rebuild your club? I just wouldn't. He's never based, done it based on previous. You know what I mean? Based on previous, wouldn't, I wouldn't. He would be good to, to draft in for like a year or two to create some good vibes. Arguably, bring him into England, just do some crazy attacking football. That kind of role, you know, for two years doesn't need to. Rebuild. I could see that. Let's say Southgate flops at this Winter World Cup. Brendan, I'd be happy with Brendan as, as manager. Because he, he does, does play good football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And have a yeah. very specific set-piece defensive unit. <laughs> he's not allowed to go near. He's not allowed to coach set-pieces, but he's allowed to coach everything else. Yeah, no, we'll get a defensive coach, because, yeah, <laughs> I don't trust him there. <laughs> Goodness. But, yeah, enough about Leicester. What do you think about Brentford? I thought they were pretty good, to be honest. Like, they are pretty Solid. bad. Changed it. Thomas Frank, he's a funny man, but he made some good decisions. He like, knows how to do it, yeah. He, he does his subs well. You know, he's very decisive like that, isn't he? Yeah. If something's not working, he'll do something to change it. Yeah, they've, I like Brentford. They've, they've just come in. They've consolidated themselves. They look like a Premier League club. They made some good signings in the summer. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, you know, losing Ericsson is going to be a massive miss because they were pretty turgid before he came in last season and he really rejuvenated them. And I don't think they can attract a player as good as him. So they probably have to change some things rather than try and replace him. But mm. so far, so good. Um, and they've retained a lot of the squad still, apart from Ericsson, obviously, but that was always a question yes. mark. But yeah, Ivan Tony, for yes. example, good player to keep. Definitely. Um, and actually, the left-back, what's his name? Aaron Hickey, the new signing. Yeah, he looks good. He's, he looks no, he's the right-back. He's, he's definitely Oh, is he the right-back? Yeah, yeah, the left-back is... Oh. oh, what's his name? He's pacey. Yeah. He's pretty dangerous. And I've forgotten his name. Oh. Let's have a quick gander. But I thought he looked really good. And he's actually quite interesting. Because I can't always tell if he's really good. Or Rico he's, Henry. Or he's just really fast, you know. And he's actually pretty suspect. But I, I notice nice. him a lot. That's for sure. And I feel like he could he could be a big player. He could definitely move up the, the sort of England ladder, I reckon. Because mm. we're, we're a bit short of good left-backs who stay fit at the moment. So... One he's to definitely watch. one to watch. Yeah, exactly. He's definitely one to watch. Um, but oh, I just got a good feeling about their squad. Um, but then you know, second season we saw it with Sheffield. We were singing their praises after their first season in the Premier League, and then they just yeah. fell away. But I just don't see that happening to Brentford somehow. I think yeah, it is very competitive though. I could definitely see it. I could definitely see it. They could definitely do with one or two more sort of bigger profile players. No idea who they are. It's not really their style to be honest. They buy a lot of. Scandinavian players actually, which is quite cool. Yeah, they've got a they've got an interesting way of signing players as well. I think the Brentford owner is like a disciple of Tony Bloom. I could be wrong, but like interesting. He worked with Tony Bloom before. Something a like disciple that. of Tony Bloom. How many disciples does he have? <laughs> I don't know. It's all shrouded in secrecy. But yeah. <laughs> the cult of new... Tony Bloom. <laughs> yeah, I think they have like a moneyball kind of aspect to their recruitment. Mm. Brentford. So. Yeah, interesting club, and yeah, I think they suit the Prem really well. I'm very happy to have them in it. 
Yeah, I think me too. All the teams in the Prem this year, you know, like there's not one team I'll be like don't deserve to be here. Like all, like all the teams, you know, like Norwich for example last year it's just a write off. Like, why are you in this league? Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's very competitive right now, as Fulham proved. Not ideal. Not ideal. <laughs> uh, last note as well, under Silva. Nice to see him score. It was a good goal. 18 good goal. months out. Like, manager you love very to see happy. it. Don't you? Yeah, you, you love, love to, see, to it. see it. You love to see it. And he's someone who's, I feel like his name has been around for a long time. He has a twin brother, right? Or a brother at least. There's like the Silva twins. I want to say Josh De Silva came through the Arsenal Academy as well. I think he did. He feels very Arsenal. Um, But it's always nice to see someone come back and score. And hopefully he has a nice season and it's not disrupted anymore. Because he looks a good player. absolutely. Absolutely. I think these long-term injuries as well, you don't quite know what a player goes through when they when they incur those kind of injuries. So yeah, it, is, it was great to see. Was yeah. great to, and I think 2-2 was a fair result, all things considered. I agree. And actually, it'd be rude not to say, Dewsbury Hall, absolute screamer. Don't know where that came from. Oh, he's just, a good player, actually. That's what I mean. I just really he's like his player. story. Because, you know, when you get to like 23, and yeah. you're still in the under-23s, usually you're done. Usually you've got to leave and go somewhere else because you haven't made it yet. Mm. And yet, he's now looking like maybe they're most accomplished midfielder at least based on that singular game you know like when when he came off they well they conceded two goals so says it all really <laughs> says it all says it all no he's got this kind of calm and composure on the ball um, and he looks like he's got some good technique on him as well and he's got a great name great name he is he's got an Arsenal name doesn't he if it's double barreled I mean arguably you could say that you and I could play for Arsenal with these names <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be the day yeah. no but yeah Jewsbury Hall I think he's got a big future ahead of him. And I think if he has a good season, he's got a good chance of making the squad. England squad? Think. Yeah, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to... That's a hot, hot take. take. That's a hot-ass take, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, he's kind of got under the radar, though, hasn't he? You, you don't know hear what? people like, oh, Jewsbury The England midfield is a little light, so... Kind of all-rounders who can do a bit of everything. Yeah, I can see it. I could see him in there as, like, a... Rice and Phillips yeah, are nailed, but yeah, of course, and Bellingham's nailed. But there's definitely one more spot up for grabs. Said, what if Phillips doesn't play? You know, what if he doesn't play up until the World Cup? I think he simply by being match. coached by Pep and being, you know, part of the previous squad gets you in at this point. True, 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 true. Gareth is very loyal to his mate. Gareth is very loyal. He's a loyal man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Newcastle versus Forest. Last week I said they're going seventh. They're bloody I, going seventh, mate. I'm telling know, you right I, now. I scoffed at it, but they look really good. I know it's not even Forest, but the Nottingham Forest look really good when we played them last year. Yeah. Um, what a screamer as well from Fabian Shah. Goodness me. That was Where did that come from? I mean, Where did that come from? That, that, is, that is him done now. That's his one and done for the season. Yeah, but that yeah, was, yeah. Well, I mean, what, what a goal to sign it off with, though. I couldn't was... believe what had just happened. I mean, arguably... That's not going to happen, so they, they should, you know, make sure they have goals in other bits of the team, but... Yes, yes, that is very true. Smashed it. Yeah, no, they... Maybe I'm wrong, you know, uh, there's a lot of positivity of Newcastle now, where, throughout my adult life, it's just been negative, negative Newcastle since for as long as I can remember, since Shearer retired. Like, oh, 100%. It's never it's... been a better time, especially for younger fans than right now. Yeah, but they're so loyal Again, to Geordies. aside from the obvious, you know, but... No, you can't I feel like they've been through much. so much misery. You know what? We'll bring it up sometime. We're going to allow it today. We don't always have to do that. Yeah, but then, you know, it opens a can of worms, isn't it? Because then you could be like, well, look at City. Look at PSG. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's, all it's, just, it's just annoying, isn't it? Because, like, you don't want another super club in, in England. 
No, <laughs> exactly. Man City have already ruined Liverpool's golden generation. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, we're being, never going to get top four. Just, this is just the right, so like, bloody goodness, perfect. Um, the reason Newcastle are going to come seventh, Nick Pope in goal, great goalie. Mm. Um, centre backs look good. The full backs mm. are all right, all right I'd say. Yeah, like serviceable. But it's the midfield, mate. The engine is yeah. probably. I mean, Joelington looks unreal. Like, he's, he was so good. <laughs> Still can't shoot, but we know that. He's, mm. you know, he's not a goal scorer. But as a box box midfielder, he's like, he's unbelievable. And yeah. Gibberesh is, I'd say, the best midfielder. I'm glad you said his name. Outside was, of the top four. I was going to call him Bruno. Was it Gimmerich? He would get into all the midfields in the league. I'm good. I'm going to throw it out there. Maybe the squad of a few, but he is so good. Bruno yeah. Gimmerich. I agree. I, he was a good signing. He was a good signing last season, and he's going to be big for them this season. And so with those two, kind of, you know, the energy of Joelington and just, just the absolute class of Gimmerich, like, they're going to be fine. They're going to win most of those midfield battles. Mm-hmm. It's on the wings where they're a bit shit still, I'd say. <coughs> but, you know, Almiron, I don't rate him. He's not very good. If they could replace him, which I'm sure well, they're looking they're at. They're trying with Madders, aren't they? Maybe not on the wing, but they're just trying to get that then, upgrade in the attacking position. Yeah. If they do that, then, yeah, problems. Yeah, I think top seven's looking very likely. Because Sam Maximan's very good. Like, he might not be the long-term answer. He's a maverick and they love him, so you've yeah, got to keep him. He's, st- he's staying for at least one more season mm-hmm. as a starter. And then, yeah, Callum Wilson, very good when he's fit. So, all in all, it's a pretty damn good team, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, I, I proper laughed and scoffed at them getting seventh place, and I, I would like to take it back, gang. Because it's too late, mate. It's out there. It's well, on 15, the 15th it is then, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you don't, but, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to look at their points haul since Eddie's come in. I think they're third. They they're third in the league, mate. It's a bit ominous, that, isn't it? That's what I mean. They could be a dark horse for top four on current form, which is pretty scary. Um, Yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah, I don't like that either, if I'm honest. But then, would it be cool? It would be quite cool to see a a strong Newcastle team, don't you think? It would, until they they got in at the expense of Arsenal or Liverpool. Then it would be less cool. Yeah, I mean, we haven't been in Champions League since 2016, so... What's another year in the wilderness? Imagine that. Last day of the season. Newcastle, oh. Arsenal. Oh. That'd be unreal. Oh, Winner takes be, it all. That'd be awful. Because if they get in, they're gone. They're gone. You can't catch them. No, this is it. Once they get Champions League football, they attract that higher profile player and it's just, it's all upwards because they can, they can offer the wages. Exactly. Yeah. And they're doing it the right way. So yeah, a couple of years, man, and they're going to be there. Scary times. Going to need more places. To be fair though, I do feel like we could actually do more competition at the top. The Monopoly of Liverpool City is a bit... Yeah, that's true. That is true. I mean, God forbid, imagine if we get like an actual four or five team title race, but it would require Man City to be not so bloody good, which isn't going to happen. Liverpool will revert to the mean at some point. I believe Pep's contract's up by the end of this season or next season. I think he's having too much fun, personally. I know. I think because Klopp signed, he's going to sign... Yeah, I agree with that. So, 2026, I reckon, is when they'll both be gone. almighty, not another four years of this. <laughs> oh, yes, mate. <laughs> four Give years for Arteta to get it together. <laughs> oh, the process is going to take so long. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk a bit about Forest. Two mistakes, 
two goals. It's not very yeah. good, but that is good lessons learned, I would say. Yeah, so it was it was probably a lesson for them. You know, like it's not as kind of to and fro as the championship. Yeah. So you can't be letting mistakes like that for the goals. You just can't in this league. Exactly. Um, I'm surprised that Henderson kind of flapped at one of them. Surprised from him. Maybe that's good for him because he seems very confident, and maybe he's, sometimes he's he a bit needs. Too confident, isn't he? Yeah, he it's needs just... to be reminded that you know he's not there yet. He's not made it. Yeah, his comments when he left United were a bit unsavoury. I don't know if they were taken out of context or he's just that, you know... Just he's just literally just par for course, isn't it, at this point? Just, yeah. It's United the just goalies, isn't it? It's the goalies they've got. They've yeah. got an attitude on them. <laughs> um, thought Neko Williams was good going forward, bad defending. Nothing new there from watching him a bit more closely at Liverpool. Felt like him and um, Awaniyi... Awaniyi? I'm going to go with that. Feel like that could be an interesting link up because he's got he's got a pretty good ball on him in terms of kind of whipping it into the box and and when he's quite a unit so that could be a good kind of weapon for them moving forward but I do feel like they've made too many transfers and yeah they're, they're still going I think they've made thirteen now which is just fucking mental yeah. really yeah and you see when teams first get promoted they do spend a lot and yeah it goes horribly and suddenly you've got all these oversized wages going back into the championship and exactly and I get it it's fun you know enjoy it but I don't know man that's a lot of players to integrate and you don't want to be like seven or eight points adrift from you know 17th come the World Cup for example and you're still trying to get everyone integrated I think it's going to be a bit too hard to climb mm. out there is that worry but it's nice to see him back in the Prem, isn't it? It is cool. I do like it. Because, you know, we're both too young to actually remember Nottingham Forest in the Prem originally. Yeah. But my God, we've heard about it a lot, so... Yeah, yeah, it's nice. That's what I mean. Like, the lineup for the Prem this season is super cool. Like, I'd watch every game. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be an exciting one. But, yeah, tough lesson for Nottingham Forest, but then equally, were they expected to get anything or anything from the, from the match? I, I, I don't know, so. but this, I think it's early days, so I think there are, there are points to be picked up. You know, before teams get into a sort of yeah. groove and a rhythm. I wouldn't panic no. if I was a, no, no, I was no, a Forest no, fan, no. for sure. No. I mean, you know, it's only 2-0. They had a few yeah. chances as well. Uh, Bournemouth Villa. Bournemouth quite decent, but Villa were quite shit, so... Yeah, yeah, it's almost I like Gerard really heard your um, comments on him last, <laughs> last week and he's got a bit rattled. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he doesn't know what, it, what 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 team to put out. I don't think he knows what team he's put together either. I think there's definitely a case of buying lots of players, some under Dean Smith, some under him, and not totally knowing where they all fit. Because mm. I feel like he's even pivoted on what he wants between January and the summer, and it's a bit of a hot mess. There's a lot of talent in there, but maybe it doesn't fit together at all. I think the system he's trying to implement doesn't suit the players, but also it's quite easy to figure out. I just don't know how flexible he is. No, I'd agree with that. I think he's been quite rigid with what he wants to do. And if he's starting to experiment now, I think it could spiral out of control quite quickly. Yeah, and the thing is, like we said last week, they've made the signings now. You know, like, there's no real excuses. You've either just, you know, gone for the wrong players, which is on Gerald's head, from what I understand. Yep. Um, there's nothing to hide, yeah. And it was, I wasn't expecting a 2 0 against Bournemouth well no because yeah similar to Liverpool Fulham you think like this should be one of the easier games you know it's not a guarantee but no no. you'd think a promoted team would hopefully be a slightly easier game but you know first first game of the season they're excited to be back 
arguably it's the worst time to play them, but yeah, they looked pretty bad, Villa. It's, yeah, it's just the squad doesn't look balanced. You know, I, I'm pretty sure Watkins and Danny Ings are pretty much the same player. Yeah, that was a weird one. And like, They're look, both getting in the same spaces as each other. That's no, a really good point. And then you've got, I mean, you've got, who's that? Who's that? With? Leon Bailey's there. Forgot about him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He had a strong preseason. They both, you know, kind of play in similar positions again. And, and Emiliano Buendia. Totally you know. forgot he was there as well. You've got all these cams, and it's like, I mean, yeah. Coutinho and Buendia, Buendia are the same player. They are the same players. Players. Yeah, exactly. You would only have one in each team, but it begs the question of why did you push off for Coutinho? Yeah, exactly. This is mate, isn't it? You know. Oh, I know, I know, but you know that nepotism has got to be justified. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I thought removing Mings as the captain as well for McGinn. Controversial. And then dropping his... It's very controversial. I feel like he didn't have to do that. Like it's it's almost making a statement for the sake of it. Maybe just to distract mm. from what else is going on, but. Well, it's just they have a noticeably shorter team when Tyron Mings isn't in the squad. Yeah, and I don't love Tyron Mings. I feel like he makes a lot of mistakes. I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. But no, he does he's... bring some leadership to the back line, for sure. Yeah, they struggled. They struggled. They they struggled in all departments, and I think that's the worrying thing about Villa's performance there. Yeah, I mean, as an Arsenal fan, you've had rotating captains and people being stripped pretty recently. And I don't think it's ever been a real good thing. Like, it doesn't lead down a good path, in the short term at least. No, no. And I think it's it's probably a bit more nuanced as well, because players will have loyalties to certain players. and Exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. It just seems a bit unnecessary for the first game of the season, but obviously we don't know what happened behind closed doors. Maybe Tyrone overstepped the mark, and we know Gerald's a bit of a disciplinarian, isn't he? So, Do you think this is him on his way out, potentially, Mings? It'd be a big call, wouldn't it? Very big. It'd be a big call to do that. I mean, I can't see it happening this summer, but you never know. Well, I mean, if he if, if he gets dropped for the whole season and he plays like half the games, he'll go, won't he? Exactly. So it's bold. It's very bold. But yeah, Villa going the way of Everton. Lots of big signings. Not necessarily working. Yeah, maybe that hot take last week was just a take. Yeah. At this point, we should maybe just call them takes because these are just these are just great predictions at this yeah. point. Yeah. No, we've we've outdone ourselves. I'm I'm really proud of us. <laughs> I almost wish I'd written more hot takes for this episode. <laughs> I have regrets. I'll write some more. We'll write some more for the pod tomorrow or whenever. Whenever we get round to it, you know, life is busy, guys. Mm. Okay, let's bang through these last two. Wolves leads. Wolves now have a back four. That's quite interesting, don't you think? Mm. Mm. And Connor Cody's now gone to Everton, which is super interesting. Yes. Can't play in a back two, it seems. So, are Everton now going to be a back three team? Maybe. I mean, that's the only position Connor Cody can play, really, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've got a bit of a worry about Wolves as well, to be honest. They're, they're selling a lot of players again. Same. But they do still have Ruben Neves, who I'm still convinced is, again, playing way under his potential. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he's a Champions League player. Yeah, like, he could be. Play for Leon or someone like that. Or Arsenal, I could totally see Arsenal. Linked for a yeah. long time, I remember back in the day. Yeah, even the summer there was rumours, but yeah, they, they they should be fine. Wolves, they should be fine. I think it's just one of those ones where like it happens with promoted teams. They come to the Prem, they do really well, right? But after a while, you hit a glass ceiling. Like they hit, they hit. What did they get? Like they didn't get eighth or something. Eighth, yeah, consecutive eighth positions with with. Um, Don't Nino. quote us on that. Could have been fifteen. Yeah, Who could honestly have been, knows? Could have been fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And like once you've kind of done that, they had a European run, if I remember correctly, as well. They did. Got absolutely knackered, and I think that's yeah. the issue. And now you know the squads. The squads kind of splintering, and mm. they're just not the most exciting team anymore. And that's now. What do they do from here? I think is, is well. Critical. I don't know. This season is critical for them. Makes sense. They lost the Dammer. Have they even lost the Dammer? No, he's back. What he's back. the? Is he really? Barca couldn't afford him, obviously. <laughs> That makes sense. I mean, arguably, Barca could afford him. Pull more levers, mate. Pull the bloody levers. Oh, oh we'll go into that another time. Yeah. Next. Ne- next week, <laughs> next week, deep dive on Barca because yeah. I feel like by next week there'll be a whole other section to talk about. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. We're watching it keenly, guys. We're watching it keenly, though. Don't worry. We'll yeah. be doing a pod on that very soon. But yeah, I think, yeah, my worry for Wolves is I feel like they don't have enough goals. Like, Mm-hmm. Jimenez might be finished, unfortunately, as a mm-hmm. kind of elite striker. Mm-hmm. That other guy, Fabio, is just... He's not there yet, oh. which is fair. Wait for this guy to come good, but yeah, it's a real worry now. He he needs to go on loan again, realistically. And yeah, they've got Huang on a permanent transfer. Neto's back. I remember him being pretty good. Pedet scored. But I don't know how much you can trust these three to score enough goals. That's my issue. I like, yeah. I like Quang, but I don't know, man. And also, their system isn't the most offensive, is it? They've never been like a super offensive team. No, but this might be why they've switched formation to have yeah. one less defender because they didn't have marauding fullbacks, really. No. They were kind of grinding out low scoring yeah, draws and 1 nils. So. We'll take a quick break from Adama, for example, just to you know, lash one in. Exactly. So, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe they're putting the groundwork down to change their style for the good. Because uh, they definitely have the players to play more offensive football now. Yeah. I didn't think they looked bad, to be fair. I thought Leeds looked pretty good. I think that, honestly, they're quite evenly matched, both these teams. A little bit of a, a bit of a neat, like a bit of a derby between these two unofficially, right? Yeah, and there's been, Boys. you know, a bit of heat, a bit of scuffle yeah. on and off the pitch. Did don't you see know. The, yeah, don't know what the, happened. The scrap between Bruno and Jesse, that was, that was fun. That was fun. I reckon it was like, like the American colloquialism. He said something that just doesn't fly here in Europe, but probably fine in America. Maybe. I don't know what he could have said. He made it seem like he said something discriminatory. I mean, he may have done. Who honestly knows? Who knows? Jesse Marsh, for me, is a very intriguing character. Just an enigma. No one knows what he's about. And no one no. knows how serious he is because he's got the unfortunate like problem of attack. having to change yeah. an entire perception in his country about you know Americans rebranding football. Yeah. yeah. So he's got just... a, lot, a lot to contend with to just get kind of appreciated as a coach basically yeah. which is which is unfortunate but I mean he got off to he, he kept them up last season he's done some good buys I think he's done some good buys I summer. honestly have no idea because he's buying he's buying players he's worked with again which yeah, is fine he's a system manager isn't he so it makes yeah. sense to buy people he's, a, he's a Red Bull man he's, he's a, a Red, Red Bull, Bull man. man through and through don't be surprised Leeds if suddenly you're going to be called Red Bull Yorkshire or something ridiculous. Cause, uh, Red Bull Leeds, mate. RBL. RBL too. RBL. Ooh. I don't know how Leeds fans would feel about that. <laughs> no. That um, that would be strange, actually. I kind of can see it. The white kit. The with, white kit. With the Red Bull logo. Yeah, yeah. The... I can see it. Would you say so Leeds fans? Let us know. Let us yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't worry about Leeds this, this, this season. I think... No, because they've got quite a young team now and they got rid of their two best players, arguably. So yeah. I could definitely see some issues. I mean, get rid of Phillips and Rafinha. I'm not sure what you've got left. Like, that's the big holes. 
I guess so. I guess, yeah, actually, yeah, I kind of forgot about the departures of Rafinha and Calvin Phillips. I just think that Brendan Aronson that they brought in, is a, he looks like a top player. He he had a lot of energy, mm. that's for sure. Mm. Like, he'll, his style will fit the league nicely and suit Leeds really well. Mm. And I think just them not being run into the ground. Yeah. Well, just, this is it. Hopefully, so much. they beefed up the squad a bit more because that was the one thing with Bielsa. Never, ever used the squad. Like they had, they no. had that what Gelhart or Gilhart yeah, or something. Fan favorite apparently, get Joe Gelhart. And he, he looked pretty good whenever he came on, and they had no yeah. striker, and he just didn't get to play. No, this is what so, I mean. Like he could be a breakout star this season. Yeah, yeah. I just think Leeds will have a much stronger season than the last year, and it's not it's not too hard to to envisage that because they had such a kind of turgid year last year. There's no way to kind of beat around the bush. They had a pretty rubbish year. They did. They had injuries coming out of their ears mm. constantly. Bamford's back now, which is nice. We all like Bamford. We like Bamford. We, Miss... we hope Bamford does well. The poshest footballer in the country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the anti-Sean Dyke, you know. Yeah, yeah. He goes to the ballet in the evenings. Exactly. Great lad. Big fan. Patrick, if you're listening, mate, you can come on this pod anytime. You can be our first guest. In fact, we're going to lobby you, Bamford. Yeah. Get on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good pod for you, you know. You'll enjoy it. Um, cool. Any more? Otherwise, we've got Everton-Chelsea. This is last because I thought this was quite a boring game, personally. But yeah. Chelsea won. So, you know, job done, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well done, Chelsea. They ground out a 1-0, like we said last week. Yeah. Um, didn't play spectacular football. No, Mendy looked, looked a little like ropey, but yeah, Everton yeah. are also just a bit shit, so... I really worry about toothless. Everton, no man. striker. No striker. They just look off it. They look so far off it. And Frankie, I just, I just don't think he's the man to do it. No, I don't think so either. We're looking at a scenario where Frank Lampard and Gerrard get sacked together again. They are forever God. joined at the HIF, aren't they? Could you imagine? Literally, could you imagine? That'd Same be, week. That'd be... That'd be so coincidental. Yeah. Really. It'd be like classic you say, like, as well. Yeah. Them two. Always them two, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, all, all we need is Paul Skulls now to be a manager somewhere in the Prem and then they can all get fired together. <laughs> Paul Skulls has other activities. Uh-huh. <laughs> the streets will never forget Paul. <laughs> that was Paul, weird. how are you going to do that, Paul, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was weird. Yeah, Speaking of teeth... Everton, toothless. They need a striker. Yeah, and also our best wishes to Ben Godfrey. That was a strange and horrible thing. For yeah, first game. I always felt like he was on the cusp of breaking out and being a Same. real big player. Same. And he's, he's getting on a bit. And he's injuries, just, isn't he? Yeah, he's not having good luck at all, which sucks. Yeah, that was naughty. That challenge. And, yeah. Actually, it wasn't even that much of a naughty challenge. It just, just, just one of those things. Yeah. yeah, it was just. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But yeah, ter- terrible news for Everton fans as well. Cause... Yeah, I think they're definitely going to be in another dogfight. It's going to be a very unpleasant season for them, I think. Yeah. There's just a lot to do. There's just yeah. a fucking lot to do, man. Yeah. And I don't know if they've got enough to sort it out currently. I mean, they bought McNeil. He's quite good. I used to really like him. I, at one point, I thought he was going to be the next big thing, but he's got terrible numbers last season. Terrible numbers. And yeah. Everton are pretty light on goals and assists as it is, so... He may surprise us, but on current form, he's not going to add a lot more than effort and running. Sort of like Anthony Gordon, you know? There's a lot yeah. to like, but not a lot on paper at the end of it. 
I mean, they should be... I say they should be comfortable for relegation, but last season's told me otherwise. Um, yeah, I worry for Everton. I just think they're going in the other direction. I think the modelled management from the top all the way to the bottom doesn't help. No. It's a bit like United in that regard. It just seems like chaos from top to bottom. It almost seems too big to fix at this point as well. Like, the mm. problems are too deep and too vast. They just need a complete cleanse of... They yeah. just need to, the owner needs to sell. Like, he needs to sell. Um, which, which is crazy, because he spent so much money. And it, all, it seemed to make so much sense. And then, somehow, they got so much worse. Money doesn't solve everything. Money doesn't... If you just chuck money at it... Yeah, anything can make it worse. And yeah, United and Everton are two prime examples of that. Exactly. So, you know, credit ratio, props to City, props to Newcastle for at least spending money smartly. It's very easy to spend yeah. it wrong. Yeah, even PSG to an extent, you know, they've chucked money at it. They haven't got the one thing they wanted, which is Champo. So. Dead yeah, team. Dead teams. Dead team. Dead team. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And, yeah. Right, so based on what you've seen this weekend, who are you going to pick to be relegated, do you think? Final hot take. We'll revisit these predictions. Yeah, okay, these are the predictions. So Southampton, yeah. I think, are going to be down there. I agree with that. Everton, I think, are going to go down. I think it's time. I think it's too, they're too big to go down. But They were so close last season, a full season yeah. of Frank. Because Forest, Forest are definitely at risk. Hmm... Just because of like the amount of players they've bought, and I've seen it happen before in the Prem, where you buy a ton load of players when you come up. I think I'm going to go with Bournemouth. I think uh, over Bournemouth. Forest. Yeah, Bournemouth. Just, Bournemouth. Yeah. I don't think yeah. Bournemouth have any, you know, guaranteed Prem players. They've got some players with potential to be, but mm. they look real light, a lot noticeably lighter than everyone else. So yeah, I think Bournemouth, Southampton, Everton for me, for very different reasons. I'm going to say Bournemouth, Southampton and Forest. Fair. Well, we will see. Yeah, we will see. If we get two out of three right, you can call me Mystic Meg. I agree. If we get three out of three, yeah. we're going to do a live show. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do a live show at a pub for free, which will just involve us just shouting. And anyone in there will be subject to having to listen until we get kicked out. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to see you all there. Yeah, pints on cue. Uh, let's, get a spon- <laughs> let's get a sponsor first <laughs> Red Bull come we see yeah, you yeah yeah please please <laughs> cool alright well I think that was a pretty smooth number two it's quite hard to cover that many games it turns out but hopefully you've enjoyed the pod yeah I think we're almost touching we're definitely a bit longer than last time which is not what we were anticipating to be fair no. we just have so much to talk about so yeah one day we'll get there but you know this is, this is what you get a lot of content this is the reality of trying to cover every single game fairly, okay? Yeah. So don't complain about length. Exactly. If you don't All want right. length, then you'll regret it when it's gone. So, you know, be careful what you wish for. Exactly. Exactly, guys. But um, thank you for listening. It's been yeah. a real pleasure. It's been great. Um, we'll drop another pod later in the week. Very deep dive into Chelsea and we'll talk about All or Nothing. Thank you very much and goodbye. <laughs>